Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to Cinema at Home Art House. Uh, in this series, we're going to explore art house cinema and maybe lesser known streaming services such as Movie, BFI Player, and Curzon Home Cinema, to name but a few. Today, we're going to be reviewing Days of the Bagnalled Summer, which is available to rent on Curzon Home Cinema and BFI Player, as well as a variety of other streaming platforms. I'm Craig Fields, and today, like most of the other episodes, I'm joined from afar by Ranjit Namra, David Long, and Herbie Hilsden. Herbie, how you doing? I am doing swimmingly, thank you. I'm very much <laughs> looking forward to doing this episode after the film I didn't enjoy, and it'll be nice to talk about something a bit different and a bit fun. Good stuff. Ranjit, how about you? I'm doing well. I can't wait to get into this episode as well. Um, just been uh, finally got a workout bench in my shed, so got the sort of going back to the gym. He's getting yeah. stacked. Yeah. We're going to see Swolgeet soon. <laughs> stacked. And I actually saw uh, Ranj, your beard today for the first time. Oh, yes. My beard is it's the longest it's ever been. It's crazy. Oh, it's wow. out of control. But, Please um, keep it until yeah. I can see you. I want, I want to see this epic <laughs> lockdown beard. Go for the year, the year-long beard. Go for the oh, year. Wow. I'll give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> David, how about you? You doing all right? Yeah, I'm really excited um, to do this episode. I think it's a great idea to do these art house episodes with smaller, more independent films. Um, you know, we're watching a variety of stuff that I normally wouldn't watch. One thing I would say is my manager today, we often talk films at work, and he asked me what my top five films of all time were. And I cannot tell you how difficult it was to to narrow it down to five. Um, but it was just an interesting thing. Like, you know, when someone asks you your top five films of all time, it was really, really difficult. Yeah. But just a really in- enjoyable conversation at work. Um, I won't reveal what my top five were, but it was very, very tough, but exciting. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, maybe some of those top five might make it into your uh, guilty pleasure episode for Topical Talk that we've got coming up. Well, we shall have to wait and see. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shall we uh, get into the reason why we're all here today, which is to uh, review a film from our our, our, four hour, oh God, (laughs) tongue tied already, for our art house special. I know I said art house special. It's, it's an, a regular occurrence. We do these all the time. <laughs> oh, God. So our feature film on this art house episode is Simon Bird's directorial debut, Days of the Bagnall Summer. And it sees Daniel Bagnall, a teenager, spending his summer listening to heavy metal music and trying to get along with his single mundane Liberian mother after Daniel's father cancelled his visit to Florida. Uh, we're going to take a little listen to a clip before we delve into our main review. Shall we skim some stones? Uh, I'm all right. There's a knack to this. They say it's all in the wrist. Oh, no. Is that better? No. 
Oh, OK, I think that might... Oh. Don't you want to try, Daniel? 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 I was in the middle of talking to you. Don't laugh, I'm actually really annoyed. Chill out, for like five seconds. Leaving me talking to myself like that. Very mature, thank you. Is it time to go home now? We haven't been to the fudge shop yet. What's at the fudge shop? Well, what do you think, Daniel, is at the fudge shop? It's meant to be quite interesting. There's a demonstration. Well, sounds thrilling. Honestly, I don't know why you came if all you're going to do is stare at your feet. Uh, you made me come? Made you? I just wanted us to do something fun, but you're right. That was stupid of me. I should have known you'd just be rude and ungrateful. Well, it's not my fault you're the most boring person in the world. We did once used to have quite a nice time together, you know. Yeah, but that was before you became really annoying. I'm going to the fudge shop. Come or don't. I honestly do not give a monkey's. <laughs> I think that clip that we've got right there really sums up this film in a sense that this is a a, a film about two people um the lead performances from Monica Dolan and Earl Cave portraying mother and son duo Sue Bagnold and Daniel Bagnold and the film revolves around these two characters loving but also just not getting along with each other um it's it's evident throughout the entire film that that their relationship is tenuous at best of times, but it is a film that is a coming of age film, but not with its usual tropes of, you know, the sexual exploitations or sexual um, gallivanting off that teenagers have when they have these coming of age sort of films. It's just about a relationship between a mother and a son. And I really, really love that about this film. Um, Daniel is a bit of a metal enthusiast and, and doesn't quite know where he fits in. And his mother clearly has uh, never particularly fitted in either. And uh, she's a single mother that seems to lead this quite average life, just sort of running the local library. Uh, and Daniel is just simply crushed to the core when he finds out that he won't be spending the summer in Florida with his dad, who cancels at the last minute uh, just because of the uh, arrival of his uh, newborn child. Um, but it's just a British film that seems to encapsulate the boring summer holidays of our own pasts living within the British suburbs. But at the same time, it it develops so much more in terms of a character study, a character development and, and all of that. And yeah, I, I really, really, really love this film. And I'm really keen to hear what you guys think. And I think I'll go to Herbie first of all. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this film as well. It's It was quiet and it was... I, I've used the word introspective a lot. I'm not, not going to use that again now because <laughs> it, it does. It does look in, into... It features two characters who look in, in, into their own relationship and, their, and what what they mean to each other as well. And it was such a sad film for me throughout, throughout a good deal of it because he just doesn't want anything to do with his mum. And I think... A lot of a lot of kids do go through that phase where they think they're too cool for their parents and they don't want to do this and they don't want them to do that. And she was just so lonely. She had, I mean, she only had her sister to sort of comfort her and to and to talk to. And all she wanted to do was spend some time with her son, who she knew was disappointed about not being able to go where he wanted to, and just to try and make his life a little bit more interesting. When she really doesn't have the tools to do so, you can see they're very different people. He doesn't enjoy the same things fundamentally. 
And yeah, you know, I'd, I'd be psyched to go and make fudge. Making fudge sounds really interesting to me. <laughs> um, and I think that, I think that's part of why I found it so sad because all, all the sort of stuff that she was trying to get him to do, like a day down at the beach and just chat and and uh, it, it it was sad, but it was really nice in a way to see the difference the differences between them and how how they realised that they can live together. Well, I mean, not her. She she just wanted to do what she thought he wanted to do and and when he realizes actually he's got to compromise he can't just be an edgy teenager for the rest of his life he's got to grow up he's got to realize that sometimes you do things you might not think you'll enjoy mm. might not even want to do but you 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 have to do them and and you might enjoy them and i thought it was a really interesting made film as well i mean it's nice we get to do so many directorial debuts it's nice all of these platforms allow us to look at them and I thought it was a really promising start from Simon Berg because it was adapted from a graphic novel by his wife, interestingly. Um, I don't know anything about the original graphic novel. I don't know if anyone here does. No. Um, so I'd be quite interested to read that and see what the differences were. But it felt like he injected a lot of... I don't know. It's hard to say he injected a lot of himself into the film without reading the source material, but it, it did. It, it felt like it was made by a film who who... who it was, it was a film made by someone looking back at their youth. And that's, I think, why he made that film, to sort of look back at his own time and just to create something out of his experiences. And it, it had the hallmarks of that sort of directorial debut where, where you had, um, I think they were heading back from the beach. Um, seaside, sorry, it's not a beach because there's no sand. It's a seaside, as they tell us <laughs> several times in the film. Um and there's several shots as they're driving home and it's it's quite pretty because they clearly they got some luck and on the day they were filming they had a nice sunset and you see that a lot in those sort of films in those quiet independent films where they find a good shooting opportunity and, and milk it for all it's worth and it was I, I really enjoyed it i thought it was interesting and i thought it was it was nice in a lot of ways it, it wasn't a lot of the things that happened in the film weren't nice but not in a horrible, like, the world is ending way. Just in, that's life sometimes, and you've got yeah, to deal yeah. with it, and you've got to move yeah. on with it. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Yeah. Ranjit, what did you think? Um, this this film was just, oh, it's so sweet, isn't it? It's it's so quiet, it's just so compact. Um, and yeah, it's a coming-of-age film, but it's a coming-of-age film between a parent and a child, which is, I don't think, like, I don't feel like we see that a lot. No, which is not. why, we, yeah, which is why I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, they've both hit a sort of roadblock in their life. It's just sort of like a hit a standstill, um, and they've drifted apart from each other. It's it's really sad to watch, but then it also, you know, that there, there is a there, there's an event which turns their lives around slightly, um, which sort of brings them back together, where they reminisce about the past, and um, yeah. It, it's such a it's, it's a great directorial debut from Simon Bird. I'm so excited to see what what he'll do next. Um, yeah, I, I love this film. Um, and just to correct you, Herbie, it's the it's, it's uh, based off the yeah, graphic novel, but it's not by his wife. It's by an, an author called Joff Winterhart. Um, so technically, that makes this film a comic book movie. <laughs> but um... don't do that. <laughs> I, I, think, I thought Herbie, you said it was adapted. Yes, I did. Oh, okay, my mistake. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So, it, yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's it's so sweet. It's so personal um, and so intimate. And you just—it's a great uh, character study for both these two main characters. And I really enjoyed how the mum. 
the mum also takes, you know, shares the center stage with with uh, Daniel, uh, the, her son, and you see a lot of her sort of bouncing back and uh, you know going out into the world and trying the dating scene again and things like that. And yeah, it's just it was really heartwarming. It was really sad. It, it, you do feel you, you feel all the emotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, David, what did you think about this film? Yeah, so I just want to start with the performances, actually. Monica Dolan as Sue, um, as the mother, I think she's superb. Earl Cave as Daniel, I I think he gives a great performance. And Rob Brydon's in here as well. And, and Rob Brydon's character is is pivotal, actually, to, to the character arc of both Daniel and Sue. Um, and his character is not only funny and adds a, a comedic element, but it's actually a really vital element to the to the plot and to where this film goes and it's quite heartbreaking and and for me this was a very honest and real reflection of a dysfunctional family life um i thought it was exceptionally well paced um i loved the dark humor it's very subtle british humor um like herbie i found this film very very sad at times almost heartbreaking um, but also uplifting at times as well. There were moments of hope for Daniel and his relationship with his mother, and there were glimpses of the the deep love that they do have, because there's no doubt that they loved each other. It was just a very dysfunctional, and there was just a couple of moments where that came through. And I found that moving in both ways, both sad and uplifting. But for me, it was sweet-natured, charming, and humble. This was such a humble film. And I think this is an exceptionally promising directorial debut from Simon Bird. Um, I would love to see um, him do some more work because it's so subtle and clever in the way that he builds these characters slowly. But there is so much character development and I love films with character development. And this has so much of that. So for me, I was I didn't know what to expect, but I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a wonderful viewing experience and a really promising directorial debut from Simon Bird. Yeah, I exactly that, David. It's just, just such a wonderful watch, wasn't it? And yeah. and you know, it, it, an unexpected one as well. And and Simon Bird, what a fantastic job he's done. Um, well done, Simon Bird, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I, I'm doubtful, but <laughs> I'm going to tweet Mr. Bird and ask him to listen. Good. I think that would be a great idea, David. Yeah. <laughs> um, and see if we can get a response out of him. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. Um, I loved how. Um, oh, sorry, Greg. Oh no, it's fine. Go on, you, you, you. Talk yeah, I was just gonna just, I just round off. I just, I just loved how concise it was and how compact this film felt. Like it yeah. felt like there was no wasted scenes, no wasted dialogue or anything. It finished exactly where it needed to finish. It started where it needed to start. Like it didn't drag on anywhere. It, yeah, it was great. It was yeah. just the perfect length. A great soundtrack going on there as well. I, yeah. I really enjoyed that. David, you said the pace as well. I think it was perfectly paced. Everything about it was just very enjoyable. The, the cinematography was great in terms of like portraying that mundaneness of British suburbs and, and whatnot. It, it really did tick all of the boxes for a British film that I would enjoy. And and yeah, I just, yeah, really good. Um, should we ask questions or does anyone have anything final to add for this? I think that means questions. Um, <laughs> David, is it worth it? Yes, 100%. Um, Days of the Bangled Summer. Uh, I think it's a brilliant directorial debut. It's, it's just a lovely, sweet, charming film and one that you should definitely watch. Uh, Ranjit, for you, is it worth it? Yes, this film is worth it. Definitely check it out. Herbie? 
Yeah, I agree. Really worth a watch. Really interesting and like brilliant debut. And it'll be interesting to see what he does next. And we'll finish with you, Craig. Definitely worth a watch if uh, if you hadn't uh, ascertained that from <laughs> from when we were saying um, it's available as we said on Curzon Home Cinema to to rent for four ninety nine. It's also on BFI Player and uh, various other streaming services that you can rent uh, films from, such as iTunes and also Amazon Prime. Uh, it should be available on there as well. Um, but that there, guys, was our review of Days of the Bagnall Summer. <laughs> We're now going to dive into some recommendations that are available on some different art house streaming platforms. Uh, Herbie, you're going to kick us off with your choice, then. Yeah, so I'd like to recommend Mulholland Drive, which is available on Mubi. Um, now, it's going to be an interesting recommendation here because I did not enjoy this film the first time I watched it because I had to watch it for university for, I think it was postmodernism, as it would be. Um, I'm pretty sure it was postmodernism. And I watched the film and I sort of, it's it's a lot of different scenes that come together. I can't really give you a synopsis because there, there isn't one. There's not a synopsis that, that does this film justice because it's not about any one thing. And it is, it's, it's, sort of, it's, it's, a, it's an overarching story, but connected by a series of vignettes. And I think it's really interesting to watch because I didn't enjoy it the first time I watched it. But it's one of those films which even if you don't enjoy it, I think you can respect you can respect the artistry that's gone into it. And it's, it's had an interesting story because um, David Lynch was coming off um, Twin Peaks and he actually wrote the film as a new TV pilot. And then it got picked up as a film and it, it was essentially the start of a film. A lot of it was filmed in 1999 and then finished off for its release in 2001. And it's sort of a hodgepodge of, and that's, I think while the film is such a hodgepodge of ideas and, and scenes and characters and all these different things that come together to create something that is greater than the sum of its parts. And unfortunately I didn't get the time to rewatch it um, before we did this episode because of all these other lovely films we've had to watch. <laughs> um, I say had to, it's not been an obligation for most of them. Um, <laughs> but it was nice as well to see a film like this on movie. Cause I think on, in these art house episodes, we, we've talked a lot about very small, very independent films, films that didn't have any kind of sort of cult following or viewership really, other than like the really, the real proper film buffs who try and watch every single film that comes out. So it's, it's, it's nice to see as well. They have these films on here, which were critically acclaimed at the time. It do have a cult following and are available. It's not just these sort of small, art house independent films which deserve a platform as well it's these sort of films which which can get a new a new viewership which i find really interesting as well because it'll be because yeah. i don't know if anyone who else has watched this film uh i have not Unfor- unfortunately herbie neither have i um Andrew? i have seen this film yeah i've seen this film herbie and i felt the way you felt in university um <laughs> i just thought it was just I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed, missed the meaning or the purpose of it. Maybe a lot of it just flew over my head. Um, I understand, like, David Lynch is this sort of director where it's just, you know, his films are intentionally like this. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it was a bit too pretentious and just it, it didn't land with me. Um, but, yeah, maybe I'll give it another rewatch and see if I feel different now because it was a long time ago. 
uh, for me as well when I watched it. Yeah, I think it's 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 as well. You shouldn't put too much stock into the fact that it is David Lynch as a director, because I'm very much of the belief that art can be interpreted the way that anyone wants to. Like David Lynch um, made a list of like ten clues to try and understand the film, but I don't think it's a film you have to understand. And that's the, that's the university pretension in me coming out. The sort of thing you you say, oh, oh it's not meant to be understood. Just was meant to be along for the ride. But I think that's. Mm. That that's not doing it justice because it's it's not meant to be understood in the way that one person means it to. It's the sort of film where any interpret any interpretation of any art, in my opinion, is valid. Um, no matter how harebrained, no matter how out there, if you believe it and if you can justify it, then then that is a that's a valid reading of the film. And I think for this sort of film, you don't have to go in thinking, "Oh, David Lynch did that and David Lynch did this," so that means this must mean that. I think you just go in take it for what it is and then you can work out at the end whether whether it had that meaning for you whether it had a different meaning or whether like Ranjit may think it really had no meaning at all because I don't think it does in a lot of ways and I think that's where people get caught up in these sort of films by thinking it has to have a point it has to have a purpose sometimes it doesn't sometimes it can just be something made for enjoyment by someone who had their own vision but that vision can always be reinterpreted later on down the line and this film is a really is really the perfect film for doing that because like i said i didn't particularly enjoy it yet i'm still recommending it to you which may sound contradictory but i think it is certainly worth the watch and with something like movie making it so easy to watch i don't think there's a reason not to if you've got the time um anyone else got anything to say no i mean i haven't seen it but i really do want to watch it now and obviously uh mid movie we've all got the uh subscription there and uh, you guys can have that subscription too those of you that are listening we have a special link that's in the description where you can click on that and get uh, movie for free for 30 days uh, which is pretty cool um i do have a recommendation as well um my recommendation is the true history of the kelly gang which is available on curzon to rent uh, as well as uh, itunes and all the other um rentable places um and you should be able to purchase it fairly soon as well if you I think you can purchase it now. I think, Herbie, did you say you can purchase it? DVD, I believe you it? can, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's out on DVD so and home release. This is a film that I believe I reviewed with Floss, but I don't know if it actually got released. The actual it didn't. Review. Coronavirus. No, so this is probably something I might put out um, as a little bonus thing, uh, the, the review that Floss and I did, um, because I think that will delve way more into what this film is about, because I haven't seen it since the cinema, and I haven't seen it um, for this. But what I do know about this movie is that it's fantastic, um, and I, that's from what I recall from when I see it. But if you want to know a bit more about it, it's set against the badlands of colonial Australia, where the English rule with a bloody fist and the Irish endure. Uh, Ned Kelly, who's played by George McKay, uh, discovers that he comes from a line of Irish rebels called the Sons of Sieve, and they're an uncompromising army of cross-dressing bandits immortalised for terrorising their oppressors back in Ireland. Uh, so nurtured by the notorious bushranger Harry Powell, which is played by Russell Crowe, and fueled by the unfair arrest of his mother, Ned Kelly recruits a wild bunch of warriors to plot one of the most audacious attacks of anarchy and rebellion the country has ever seen. And this film is a really different look at the history uh, that 
you know, this postmodern way of looking at Australia's past. And Floss and I really did delve into the ins and outs of this movie. Um, but it did get a very limited theatrical release. Um, and we we really did give it a very good positive review. I'm interested to know if any of you guys saw it at all. Herbie? I have not seen this. Ranch? No. Uh, <laughs> Herbie? No. Uh, no, I didn't get round to it, unfortunately. Oh, and, and I know David didn't. So none of you have seen this, then? I saw the trailer many, many times. <laughs> you did, yes. <laughs> Going to the cinema. The trailer looked... I thought George McCain looked outstanding in the trailer. He is. Um, he is very, very good. But no, from, from what you said, it, it was a film that I wanted to see. Unfortunately, COVID-19 stopped me from seeing it. Like you said, it was only out very briefly in the cinema before the cinemas were closed. I did see the trailer a horrifically number of times, but um, yeah, d- definitely a film that I want to see. And obviously, you said, where do you say it's available, Craig? On Curzon. So it's on Curzon to rent, but it's also on Apple, iTunes, uh, Amazon Prime yeah. to rent as well. Voodoo. There's loads of them where you can rent them from. Um, but it's sort of one of it's kind of like a DVD release as well, I suppose. But I've sort of amalgamated that into this art house episode um, as a main kind of recommendation. Um, but I could, mainly because I really do think it's worth watching. It's not going to be for everybody um it is kind of a marmite film but floss and i really did find it a fantastic viewing and and one that we think a lot of other people really would enjoy um nicholas holt is in the film as well and he's fantastic in there um the, you know the the cast is a very very strong cast russell crow um you've got charlie hunnam as well um Tom, thomas yeah. mckenzie as well who we absolutely love um you know, she was fantastic. So a really, really strong cast and a great um, directorial piece here. Um, so yeah, highly recommend that for uh, for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> that brings us to the end of our show we really hope you enjoyed listening as always we'd like you to get in contact with us and the best way of doing this are via facebook twitter and instagram or drop us an email at my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com we would love to hear your feedback if you enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Or if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out recently and want to help us to continue to grow, join us over on Patreon. Lockdown has slowed some of the progress we were making, but thanks to our Patreons, we've been able to keep going. So I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to our Patreons. We really do appreciate your support so much, and we hope you're all keeping safe and well during this very difficult time. Goodbye, everyone, and stay safe. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye again from me. <laughs> again. Again. Goodbye. So again. Goodbye. Until the next episode. Just as many hellos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shambles. <laughs> <laughs>